Hello, and welcome to Think Fit, Be Fit podcast. My name is Jen Schwartz. I'm the hostess and creator of this podcast, where we are dedicated to optimizing exercise and overall human function. We do this with effective thinking about exercise and how we view exercise. Today's short episode is a really important one. And when I set out to produce this series of episodes about core muscles and core exercises, I was on the mission to dismantle the dogma of most exercise programs related to core muscles and back pain exercise programs. So core exercise is a fixation of the fitness and rehab industries. And I know that this fixation is doing us all a disservice for those of us who invest in our bodies. And what I didn't realize is how much I was going to be transformed by this information, how much I was about to learn and be a part of sharing a a real learning process with you all. It's truly uh, interesting and captivating if you're a thinker about how your body performs and you desire to have the most effective and efficient way of improving your body. So my guest is a esteemed academic in the exercise science world. His name is Dr. Paul Juris, and he has spent over three decades in teaching exercise and pioneering a field of study called motor learning and motor control and motor performance. You may have heard those terms on the podcast in a previous April episodes with Gregory Gordon. And that's how these ep- these conversations with Dr. Juris came about. So when he asked me if I would like to talk to him and bring him on the podcast, I jumped at the opportunity and here we are. I didn't realize how much it was going to flip me in looking at my biases and re-examining the theories that I've relied on to teach. Not to say everything is changed and different in my mindset, but it is different. (laughs) And I am truly humbled and grateful for having this guidance and this opportunity. So not only are, are we discovering these things together, we're discovering it from someone who is so seasoned in helping people think independently and poke holes in conventional or accepted wisdom about exercise. So here's a quick rundown of his experience. He's spent over 35 years in research and development of human motor skill 
And he was the executive director of the Cybex Research Institute, the chief science officer at Cybex International. And he directed empirical scientific research efforts in human movement, biomechanics, metabolics, motor control, and general health and wellness. So he has laid the groundwork for innovations in all kinds of products in health and fitness and educational content and the programs that continue to serve the health and fitness communities. So I really was interested in learning and how he's led different fitness communities in being more masterful with their instructions and their approach to exercise. And this is just the coolest stuff I've seen in a long time. So he's, uh, he's been a professor at Hunter College, Columbia University, uh, an adjunct professor in kinesiology at UMass, a visiting lecturer at Coventry, and I believe he's still associated with them. And he speaks in at medical, scientific, sports, and fitness conferences all over the country and all over the world. So his um, wisdom and very practical approach to understanding scientific research and how to apply it in movement was pretty astounding to me. So I am sharing this episode today as it's just a small piece of our larger conversation about the core and learning about the core and applying knowledge about, you know, exercise. So this could be for fitness professionals. Uh, This is great information for any type of coach in the sports or teaching uh, music, any any of those spaces could really benefit from the conversations that I'm sharing. And for the average or my listener who is way above average when it comes to exercise, if you're just one of those people that wants to really own your process and learn about how to move your body the most efficiently, then this conversation or this short clip of a conversation will help you discern between real advice, uh, trainers that could help you in the in along your journey, being a better consumer. So anybody who loves movement will benefit from this little conversation. So without further ado, here is a short clip of myself and Dr. Paul Juris on education in virtual training space. And then afterwards, you're going to hear a follow-up on some of the research he mentions that I've had the pleasure of learning about in the past few days. But I've been talking to my peers and colleagues and I've been really focused on this idea that what, you know, 
Gregory, I've learned from him about motor learning and cueing, how and how much I'm appreciating all the time I've spent on my cueing and learning, you know, how to reach people and how to teach them the best way. And I've just been relying so heavily on that. So I am like more grateful than I've ever been for all those uh, skills and, and reading and uh, trying new things with people. And so I, um, for what it's worth, I think the education piece for the fitness industry going forward, if we're not allowed to touch our clients as much or be as close to them, I just think that whole uh, aspect of training is, is, is going to be um, in the, in, in, in the in a growth place, in a place where we're realizing how important education is. That's- yeah, I, you know, these, it's funny that you mentioned that because I've done so many workshops with trainers, and and Gregory was involved in a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Um, getting trainers to understand how to communicate information to their clients in a way that makes it more intuitive um, when they're doing an exercise. And we used to do a drill with the, with the trainers is we would give them an exercise to coach a client. The client could not see what the exercise was. Right. So we put it, we just like wrote it on a little whiteboard, pointed it at the trainer and said, here's what you're going to coach your client to do. And they weren't allowed to use the words or the names or anything like that of the exercise because a lot of exercises people don't understand anyway. If you just <laughs> give them a, like, what's a Turkish getup? You know, hey, I do a Turkish getup. Like, people don't know what that is. <laughs> and so then what we do is, <laughs> as it, it's, it's interesting, then what we do is just as the trainer is about to start showing the person what to do, we say, oh, wait a minute, one more thing. And we put a blindfold on the client. (laughs) Mm. So the client can't see anything. Mm -hmm. So now the trainer can't demonstrate. They can't say, okay, watch me do this. Now they have to rely on verbal communication to explain to someone or cue someone or instruct someone on how to perform that movement. Mm. And it's amazing what they get into, the habits that trainers fall into in actually trying to explain every single tiny little detail of that movement and think that someone is actually understanding that, right? So they're, they're absorbing that information, processing that information, utilizing all of that information and then solving the problem. And what they quickly realize is that just makes it worse. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So <laughs> I, I think you're right. I think that the future that we're looking at is really more about providing really good content mm-hmm. to people so that they can work better in this new environment that we're going to be living in mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. educating people on on things that they can really use. Um, and again, getting away from the dogma, the conventional wisdom, and just start thinking. Nick Winkleman just published a book. It's probably worth getting. 
Um, okay. I don't know if you know who he is, but mm-hmm. yeah, he's um, he's got a PhD from Arizona State. He's a really bright guy, and he studied with Gabrielle Wolf. And Gabrielle Wolf is really the author of the constrained action hypothesis, which is all about attentional focus. Mm. And so he studied with her. And so his whole mindset is on just that focus of attention and cueing. Mm-hmm. And he's really good. And he wrote a book on it. So I would probably say, go get it. Yeah, I will. I, I love that. Okay. So that's what I did. I went out and got that book. It was actually just released on April 24th, which was just so close to this the conversation that was recorded. And I have to say, it is very impressive. And what's funny about this is when I heard him say that to me, Dr. J, I had an assumption that he was inferring to my bias, which is a lack of knowledge in joint motions and anatomy. And that wasn't it at all. So this is the learning process that I mentioned in the first few minutes of this episode, which is being a student. And a big part of that is recognizing your own bias and recognizing that you kind of have to forgive yourself for being so fixated on it. And then showing yourself, and what I'm doing right now is showing myself that it's time to gather my theories, re-examine them, and continue to learn. And in my case, continuing to learn about the most efficient way to improve the body. Wow. So going through this process is humbling and exciting, and I can feel a breakthrough coming. So some new information to bring to the podcast and to my clients. It's, it's truly exciting, but it's also truly humbling and kind of embarrassing. So I purchased the book from Nick Winkleman, The Art of Coaching. No, that's not it. The Language of Coaching. <laughs> so Nick Winkleman is a PhD. He is the head of athletic performance and sciences at Irish Rugby Football. That's a huge role. And he is, was the director of training systems and education at EXOS, which is a pioneer in athletic performance and coaching. He worked with Gabrielle Wolf, who... Dr. J mentioned as the author of the constrained action theory. So what we're going to review right now is essentially what I'm learning and what I'm diving into, which is the constrained action hypothesis, who Gabrielle Wolf is, and what Dr. J said with what Nick Winkleman is offering in his book. So the constrained action hypothesis basically predicts that the external focus of control would result in superior motor performance. Okay, that is the conversation of what is an internal cue and what is an external cue. 
I found this quote from one of Gabrielle Wolf's papers. This hypothesis proposes that when performers utilize an internal focus of attention, i.e. focus on their movements, like squeeze the glutes, they may actually constrain or interfere with automatic control processes that would normally regulate the movement, whereas an external focus of attention, i.e. focus on the movement effect, allows the motor system to more naturally self-organize. Okay, so a external focus would be, it would have a distance, would have a direction, and potentially an analogy. So being selective about our words is the name of this game. Now, Gabrielle Wolf is just an absolute pioneer. She seems to be one of the most significant figures in the modern science of motor learning, motor control, and motor performance. So Gabrielle Wolf is this is a distinguished professor in the Department of Kinesiology and Nutrition Sciences at of University of Nevada, Las Vegas. She studies factors that influence motor skill learning, including the performer's focus of attention and motivational variables. This should be a top priority for all trainers, coaches, uh, is understanding how their clients or their athletes can learn and gain more intrinsic motivation that makes everything easier, right? Every aspect of learning easier. She has received various awards for her research and very distinguished awards. There's a whole list here on her website. And for reference, the list of publications that have her name are just like 10 scrolls, right, on (laughs) her list. Her website is optimalmotorlearning.com. So back to this constrained action hypothesis, which she authored. And this theory is, seems to be more of a principle than a hypothesis at this point, because it has been tested and even has gained enough to have a 15-year literature review uh, applied to this hypothesis. And let me tell you, they tested it in balance. They've tested it against golf, uh, in golf, against uh, body cues versus distance and direction cues. Um, they've tested it in lifting with a barbell. They've tested it in people with neuromuscular dysfunction, like a like a disease and uh, a lack of motor control, like not being able to walk. They've tested this in healthy individuals, um, meaning like athletes, basketball players, uh, golfers. Um, they've Anyways, so they've tested this all over the place. And I'm saying this is a principle because of how much review has gone into it. And it has been shown to improve every aspect of physiology, including the autonomic nervous system, which is HRV for you training nerds out there. Uh, This has to do with efficiency. It has to do with overall 
economy, when we talk about how much energy is used to produce muscle contractions, it is related, this uh, physiology aspect is also related to how well and how many times we can perform a task like shooting a basketball. Um, so when it comes to exercise, that is related to multi-joint exercises like cleans, squats, deadlifts. So the more I learn about this, the more I move away from an internal uh, cueing focus for myself and for my clients. So when I would rely on internal cueing, it's probably more in the therapy type of setting. But even then, right now as we speak this week, I'm focusing on applying external cueing for therapeutic corrective exercise. And guess what? It's showing up to be a pretty significant um, factor in helping people. So I am really excited for my bias having been exposed and learning something new. Now, if we go back to what Dr. J was saying, quote, now that re, re, um, he's talking about the trainers in his exercise, now they have to rely on verbal communication to instruct Q on how to perform that movement. So then he comments on these habits of the fitness industry that they want to just give you all the details and, you know, how someone actually understands it and comprehends it. Well, this science and what Nickelman presents and Gabrielle Wolf um, has pioneered and written about for decades um, says that we cannot, in fact, retain almost any of that information. Just like you remember a phone number in three blocks, this is the same, it's the same learning process. So when you're trying to learn an exercise, the internal cueing is not going to help. And what Dr. J was saying is that we need to know how to teach an exercise, meaning we have to be selective about our words. Our words have to have substance as trainers, especially in the virtual space. And if you don't know how to do this, there are solutions. And they aren't like difficult, but it does take a perspective change. If you're having very little success in the virtual training space as a client, meaning the instructor is over cueing, yoga instructors do this, Pilates instructors do this, um, you know, boot camp instructors might do this. So they'll, they'll be like, okay, bend your elbows, bend your elbows for your push ups. That's not helpful. And if you resonate with that, it's not you. It's the instructor. So move on. Find someone else. That's, and if you need help finding good resources on group exercise, virtual exercise, I can definitely help. Um, but the constrained action theory, it says it's not you. It's not that you can't bend your elbows and it doesn't feel right. It is the instructor. 
Um, or it could be, very well could be, sorry. I get fired up and then I start being binary and pointing fingers, my bad. I have absolute gratitude for having all this guidance and being able to share this process with you. Um, Feeling and being a student is absolutely a gift to me. Um, And I hope that I can spread that enthusiasm and you can love learning and exercise as much as I do. That's really my purpose here. And I'll leave you with these wonderful quotes that I found of Nick Winkleman's. Um, One, cueing is the substance of our message. Mm, I love that. Substance, like our ingredients in our recipes and our uh, making our food. It is the substance. So another one, not all cues are created equal. That was a really short way of saying everything I just said. So if you walk away with anything, there it is. The next one and last, attention is a limited capacity resource. Always remember that. And that really can apply to our exercise overall, right? Our attention is lim- is a limited ca- limited resource, meaning if – so here's the – here, here's the, the zinger. If you're receiving these internal cues over and over and over again, one, your autonomic nervous system, meaning how your body responds to exercise and is flexible in being able to gain muscle, lose fat, improve sleep, improve memory, and give you all the wonderful chemicals, all that stuff is coming from the nervous system. The internal cueing and overcuing and overloading our clients can affect that. So potentially some of most of the exercise that we're doing without this substance based cueing is hurting your progress. That is the most important part. If you walk away with anything at all, The second most important part is to always be open to learning and changing your bias. Um, I hope that was super helpful. I can't express another time how much I enjoyed it. So we have another episode coming out with Dr. Juris. That is a longer conversation with more theory, but also um, more reasons to poke holes in what you've been taught about exercise and that there may not be any conventional wisdom about the body, meaning you're just doing things on a belief system, not actual knowledge. So actual knowledge is, you know, if you're cooking something and you know that the heat is going to degrade your protein and it's going to change its form so that you can eat it. The opposite of that is this assumed knowledge, this belief that this type of exercise gives you this type of result. That is not how exercise works. So be prepared to dismantle your beliefs about core exercise and be open and free your mind to this opportunity to make room for this opportunity for real learning and real exploration 
about how we move, about how you move, about how your clients move, your athletes. Wow. I'm so excited for all of us to learn together. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. Please share and subscribe. Think Fit, Be Fit podcast. We are on a roll, which means you all are showing up even when the rest of the podcast numbers are down because nobody's commuting right now um, to learn and to take a road less traveled about your body and about your exercise, which means how to um, thrive instead of survive, which is so the opposite of what most people are doing right now. I congratulate you. Keep downloading, keep sharing, and if you feel so inclined, I would love to have your review on iTunes, even though it's a black box and we have no idea where these um, algorithms come from with iTunes. That's neither here nor there, just a frustration. Anyways, I so appreciate you. Have a wonderful week. <laughs>